Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. You are listening to Watching Worst Films, the podcast in which we watch all of the Razzie Worst Picture winners. My name is Jericho. And my name is Kyle. And we have just taken a little trip down to a place called Kokomo with the 1988 winner, Cocktail. So, um, <laughs> your... Uh, well, do we really need to say this? Both of our history with this film is the same, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Loving uh, the Beach Boys song. And but... try not to call the film Kokomo as well. It's I the biggest struggle. It. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we get into Kokomo? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't go any further than I know we both love the song Kokomo. And it's from the movie Cocktail, which is an 80s film that I've never watched in my life. Yeah, I I know that um Kokomo's in it. I know that Tom Cruise is in it. Mm-hmm. I know that like it has uh it has a reputation of being the cocktail movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's probably like parodied or like it's not the Simpsons or like Always Sunny. Is there like I feel like there's something where some bartender's lambasted for like trying to do a cocktail yeah, and, and I, you see I, just standing on broken glass. Well, that's what, I would, even before we get into this film, like that's what I was thinking with the Simpsons. It was like Flaming Moe's or there's yeah. there was definitely a sunny. I'm sure I've seen this um, parody. Sometime. It's like a big pop cultural yeah. thing. Like it's a references cocktail. Absolutely. Because watching the film, I could see this being like the key text for like a bunch of guys. Like now, obviously men base their personalities off Ryan Gosling movies. So mm-hmm. they, they're autistic and they don't say anything. <laughs> um, maybe they have a toothpick. But I feel like in the 80s, every guy wanted to be Tom Cruise. Oh. So I can completely see guys basing their personality off this film. Absolutely. And like, you know, I've been a bartender for nearly a decade. And if I wasn't a bartender and knew the reality of hospitality, <laughs> this would probably make, you know, make me want to pick up a cocktail shaker. Like, it looks like a fine life. It's a... An inspiration, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So this this was a film that we watched legally. Yeah. Disney Plus. Disney Plus available on one of their many mass archives now of films. Yeah. Um. So we actually got it in probably one of the better qualities. We watched some of these films. Stunning 4K resolution. <laughs> you can see the the beads just running down the cocktail yeah, glasses. Yeah. I've never seen <laughs> Tom Cruise's yellow tooth at such clarity in my life. <laughs> So it seems it seems like a kind of hiding to nothing to try and summarize this in terms of plot. There's um, plot. There's really. Uh, yeah, we we're not always great at the plot summary aspect of this, but um. Well, th- what's your synopsis? Put it on the back of the DVD. Okay. Um, a man is seeking to further his station in life and stumbles upon bartending. <laughs> Like, man finds his purpose, kind of, yeah. as, as a bartender. Yeah. And okay, maybe yeah. gets the, the the life and love of a New York cocktail <laughs> bartender. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it is very thin, though. I mean, but that's not what you're watching it for. I don't think anyone was... And this is based off a book, so maybe the memoir yeah. book or whatever it is is... Oh, is it a memoir? I was imagining it was a novel. I don't know what it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it was. So, so the same writer that did the screenplay as well. Yeah, adapted um, from his own text. So yeah. eh, it's his words, I assume. But it felt like a memoir, like, rather than that does a, glor- a glorified yeah. memoir. An autobiographical, yes, yeah. some, like, schlubby guy was like, oh yeah, I was Tom Cruise back yes, in my yes, day. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm sure if you flash up a picture somehow for the podcast, um, <laughs> you would see the reality of the writer and he ain't Tom Cruise. But um, imagine if you're that guy's kid and you're like, oh, this is my dad. <laughs> um, yeah. So to start things off, 
Um, Tom Cruise is a um, he's not a city slicker. He's the opposite of a city slicker. Yeah. Although he said he's from Queens, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He drops it in. But we see him getting on a greyhound. He gets dropped off by his army buddies. Yeah, his army buddies like chase after um a greyhound to get Tom on it, and like I guess maybe the greyhound does go from Queens to Manhattan. Take, maybe yeah, like maybe. the last stop. But it seems like a very again you know we'll talk about this, but time's a very strange concept in this film. <laughs> yeah. So he could have been on the greyhound for an hour, you know, a week, a day. Um, Five However, minutes. <laughs> I have no idea. Don't know why you have to get on that way as well with them flagging it down with a police car. We've all missed the Megabus, yeah. guys. <laughs> but we've never missed the Megabus while being serenaded by the beautiful down and out tunes from Starship, which was the first few notes of the film. I, um, I mean, I'm a Starship aficionado, um, and this is like the dying embers of Starship. I knew it was in for a good time, basically, right away at the start. That's almost my first note is uh, we had a bad time with Hunter last week, oh, God. but we had a very good time with Cocktail. As like, because that's the way I first saw New York was via a Greyhound. Granted, <laughs> yeah. it was from Boston, but like mm-hmm. I was watching Tom Cruise in the window seat, looking out at all the buildings above them, wide eyed, and I was like, "Yep, that was me." Did you? Uh, you didn't have a small child and pointed out the twin towers, did you? No, they? I didn't. See. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I didn't have that experience. Nor did I see a dog shit on the pavement <laughs> i'm like that's maybe my favorite bit of acting from tom cruise in this film is the kind of like the expression like his reaction to the dog shitting yeah. the pavement. he's kind of like so oh <laughs> that's how they do things around here <laughs> it's just such a weird I, I don't know how i would react to that if i would be in that position but i love that they were like cut to reaction shot of tom slight raised eyebrow like hmm <laughs> so he gets into new york where he's come to make his fortune like a modern day dick whittington yeah and then he immediately goes to Paddy's Pub. It's, it is Paddy's Pub, though, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's Pats, I think. And it is, it, yeah. It is, absolutely. If that's not the inspiration, then uh, Charlie Day, I'm going to get on the buzzer to him because I'm sure, I'm sure that's Paddy's Pub. Because he's playing, he's playing Brian, uh, Brian Flanagan, and uh, someone calls him an immigrant. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, like he's, and he slips into he an Irish a, brogue in, in a couple lines. Slips in, that's um, very generous. Um, <laughs> It's not far and away where he's actually playing Irish, but he is he's Irish in the way that Joe Biden is Irish. Yes, yeah. Which is entirely. Um, <laughs> so he goes to Paddy's pub with his uncle. Um, yeah, his uncle owns the bar. The his Paddy's uncle pub. is the titular Paddy of yeah. Paddy's pub. Um, and he's bartending there for a little bit, just, you know, pouring pints of Guinness. How hard can it be? Mm-hmm. And he's like, so long, uncle. I have outgrown this. I'm off to Wall Street. And... I quite like this montage. Like, um, as a fuck up who doesn't know what he's doing with his life, I could relate to Tom Cruise. Just like, like getting interviews yeah. at Wall Street. Like, yeah. he, he does well because he gets interviews at like Madison Avenue. Well, like, that's, I mean, Don Draper's like, come on in, let's have a, a chat. I don't know um, why, because every single interview says the same. You haven't gone to college. You don't have the degree. Yeah, but your why, CV's a Why joke. do you take him that far to the interview then? Like, <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, and I quite like the montage of it jumping. It's I, good. Yeah. I wish Tom Cruise's backdrop changed occasionally mm. because it's all just one shot, one take for him. Um, yeah. But it, it was nice. It's, yeah, so he gets rejected from Wall Street, from Madison Avenue. I don't know if there's a third place, but basically he gets rejected from every uh, industry and field that he tries to enter because that's his, that's his ambition is he doesn't really know what he wants to do in life. He just knows he wants to be rich and he's got these sort of self-help books, which tie things back into 
Tom Cruise was the Ryan Gosling of the 80s, he 100% would be a Peterson bro if this movie was made now. <laughs> He'd be I can like, see, I can, can see. I talk to you about Dr. Peterson's 12 Rules <laughs> for Living? Every day I get up and I tidy my room, like I live authentically. Women are uh, the dragon of chaos yeah. and men are the shining knight of order. But in the 80s, he just kind of has like success when how to build your empire. Yeah, and you know, like in a little bit, maybe it's just me making up in my head, but like um, being a former military man, he's yeah. done his service. I can kind of get that's all he thinks. You yeah. know, he's coming back. I just want money and success. I've seen Wall Street. I've seen, you know, I've seen douglas make money i want to go make money now as well um yeah so i, I kind of get that well that's the thing getting a little bit ahead of ourselves but um he's at the bar and he says something like oh like i'm too old for college and i asked you i was like how old do you reckon he's meant to be mm-hmm. because this film is a weird attitude towards time very but strange he's so he's old enough to work in a bar he's had a military career but I was like, he's no more than mid twenties. No, like he's no, probably no. twenty four, being like, "Oh, my life's over. Yes. I need to hit a big hour." <laughs> which, which is like, I feel we'd probably be like, maybe the book. I don't know. Like, like maybe there there seems to be like a down on your luck element. Yeah, that sure. is probably just been glossed over and ignored because it's Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise. But I think, you know, like, I think with a very different actor in this, this character would be really different. Well, uh, this is where I have a uh, surprise for you because uh, the potential castings for this this role okay. are insane. All like, right. it's so varied. Like, normally you can look at people who were considered for a role and they're all kind of variations on the same thing. Like, mm. uh, he's, in my, he's in my mind because of uh, Sandman. But you know how it's like, oh, Andrew Garfield, Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. Tom Sandman. Mm-hmm. We want like, <laughs> we want like a, a white guy with like good hair, like that yeah. kind of type. This is just absolute. Well, I would have thought like, and this is just assumptions. I'm pulling this out my okay. ass. Okay, so oh. first name Robin Williams. Holy fuck! <laughs> um, how old was Robin at this time? Like, what's he uh, doing in eighty eight? Robin Williams probably isn't he's probably like 10 years older than tom cruise yeah i can see that i actually Um, can see that but like robin williams isn't like like tom cruise is kind of like too like chase to be a sex symbol exactly but robin williams isn't like a hunk no robin williams would be like oh there's this amazing bartender who does loads of voices yeah well that's impressions (laughs) i mean he's uh, not like well like okay well that's why i was gonna say and again pulling this out my ass and we're getting ahead of ourselves but doug the Ma- the master he's the apprentice whatever his teacher that teaches him the bar i thought that actor would probably have been like an initial casting choice for the tom cruise role because early forties, down your luck like i don't know i can see i can see this film being really different if it didn't have tom cruise in it i i, I don't think they'd be going down to kokomo as much you know i yeah i feel like there's a very very different screenplay or intention that gets steered away by tom cruise yeah, I can see that. It's like um like how people got people got really angry at Jack Creature because Jack Creature is meant to be like eight foot tall. Yeah, yeah. And but Tom was just like, Hey, I like this movie. Yeah. And they're like, sure, you're not gonna say if Tom Cruise is interested in your movie, you've got and yeah. you change it to fit Tom exactly, Cruise. Exactly, then it gets made and then you get a massive box office success, like cocktail. Like I can understand that. So two other names for you. Jim Carrey. Okay, what? Um, <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> what can I get you? And drink? this is a hate Jim Carrey as well. Like, yeah, so you've been he's pre 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 breakout. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. Jim Carrey, like I don't know. Um, 
Jim Carrey could definitely do a reined in version 100%. of that. But like, I could also see like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams. If you're doing the like charismatic, goofy, funny guy, I could see them being like they're always given as like mm-hmm. a pair. The next name, Charlie Sheen. Okay, well, I mean, uh, so I can see Charlie Sheen and Tom Cruise doing the same thing, and Robin Williams and Jim Carrey doing the same thing. Yeah, but all four names together. I can see Charlie Sheen doing this. I mean, that's the yeah. it's the Wall Street thing, and that's yeah, exactly. years as well. You know. Um, a hundred percent, I can see eight, eight, Charlie. I can, I can actually see the film play out in my head exactly the way Charlie Sheen would do it. Okay, okay it gets worse. Here we go. Lay Keanu on. Reeves. Eight, eight, Keanu Reeves as well. Which Whoa! Is... <laughs> You're gonna teach me how to make a bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, I can see it though. I Keanu, can... yeah, Keanu and Tom peas yeah. in a pod. John Travolta. Yeah, okay, I mean, yeah. the yeah the parallels there for the... Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Hanks? Yeah, I can okay, kind of see it. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it's, Hanks is the one I can see least of. It gets worse. Okay. Steve Gutenberg. Okay, okay. <laughs> Bill Murray. Okay, all right. Like, 88 Bill Murray. is, And I know what Bill Murray's doing in 88. He's doing Scrooged. Oh, yeah. Because he turns down Caddyshack 2 for Scrooged. Bill Murray would be like, he'd be more of a Doug part. Well, I, I think, I can, again, I can see Bill Murray doing it if the intention... I think Tom Cruise changes the energy of this film. A lot of those ones, I think you're going for the wacky thought of it, but I can see like Charlie Sheen playing it straight, but I can definitely see Bill Murray being like 40 years old. I'm out of the military. I've done 10 years of service or something. And I'm just a bartender at parties and stuff. You know, like I can see I can see Bill Murray as a bartender for sure, but like I can't see him as like, like I... I, I can't see Bill Murray as like this sort of rom com lead at that. Is point this a rom com? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, <laughs> is it? Maybe not what, so much the com, but what like genre is the this whole film? thing is like <laughs> the romantic like intrigue and like like in, to the extent that it works at all, Brian has to be like young and naive. Yeah. And so Bill like, Murray, I just think does it, not do okay. either of those things. Well, when I reboot Cocktail, I'm going to play it much more faithful to the... You're going to get 70-year-old Bill Murray. <laughs> for relaxing times, come to uh, Cocktails and Drinks. Come to Kokomo. My final name for you, Jeff Bridges. Okay. Which, right. Jeff Bridges, I'm probably getting his age wrong. Jeff Bridges is in his peak. He could have done this for sure. Yeah. But he's, at this point in time, he's closer to Bill Murray than he is, like... I don't know, 88? Really? Think of Tron. Tron's what, 88? Uh, it's 10 years before Lebowski so why was he in Lebowski oh yeah hmm. a decade younger might... than Lebowski I think he could pull it off mm, yeah I don't know I'm thinking of like last picture show okay. Bridges that's kind of what you want yeah okay yeah I mean yeah it, um, wouldn't, it wouldn't be if you're wanting him to do the Tom Cruise way yeah but I don't, and you do I, I, I do <laughs> okay <laughs> we're going to have want, very different reboots I don't want then, a grumpy we? old man uh, I don't think it'll be a grumpy old man I, I don't think... want Rooster Cogburn turning far <laughs> 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 I think you know he comes to life through cocktail making I think I think it's yeah. it's not too old, but I think well, can... this is an accusation you often level at me is you're just changing the movie here. Yeah. Like he's not well, gonna I'm be, changing the movie. He's yeah. not gonna be getting off with like all these like women in their early twenties. But that's only, gonna like a creep. But that's only Elizabeth Shue. I mean Tom Cruise gets with an older no, lady. No, the the photographer as well. Uh I could I scale her up. Scale years. her up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean photographers can be any if bartenders can be any age, yeah. It's going to be like Everyone Anna Wintour. It's just, like, there's <laughs> a lot of older people around in the film. In the clubs, the beat poets, the 
everything around the film has older cast. I just okay, okay. I and, just think Tom and then Cruise. How old are you scaling up the mentor to like? What's he gonna nothing. be? Nothing. No, like, no, no, no. I mean, no, I don't think. I don't think the mentor thing needs to be is homoerotic and the way it's portrayed here. I think it can be. You are ruining this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can keep him the same age. But anyway, okay, we should right, be. Sorry, we should back be on track. On. <laughs> uh, it makes it more. It makes more sense that he considers himself too old for college if he's Bill Murray. Okay. But he um. So after all these rejections, like, not you need a degree. He's like, yeah, got to find a degree, and he sees a help wanted sign at a um, bar, and so he goes mm-hmm. in, and the. The, the guy we've spoken so much about <laughs> <laughs> actually introducing Doug. Doug. The mentor who we call him Obi-Wan yeah. because he's Tom calls him Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, he does. Doug Coughlin, who's an Australian bartender who knows all about he's the good early four A's. He's done this for a long time. It's one good thing he's yeah. good at in his life. So he becomes like the mentor to Young Tom Cruise. So, um, what did you think about Doug? Because I really like. I love. I really, I really, I, really. I don't really. think I've seen him in anything else. But. I've seen him in something, um, and you're gonna have to look it up for me really quickly um, while I ramble about him. But I really, I really enjoyed his character and performance, and like it's, it's definitely compared to like I think there's, again, what I was saying with the homoeroticism. They definitely have really strong chemistry with Tom Cruise. It's, I mean, maybe not later on, and we'll get to that, but. So yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't have any notable credits. There's things here and there like Gods of Egypt and Peter Rabbit and Give My Regards to Broad Street. Yeah. So that's where you think he's That's where I think I've seen him from McCartney's masterpiece, but um I haven't seen that in a long time. But I recognise the actor. He has one of those faces yeah. where you're like, I'm sure I've seen him in like a bit part, yeah. but I, I I I don't know him. And I thought he was great. Yeah. I, I loved I love Brian. I, <laughs> I loved sorry, Doug, Doug Coleman. Did you love Doug as uh, much as Brian did though? That's the that's the real possibly. question. Um, yeah, he's excellent though. He's... Uh, yeah, he's really good. So to go on to the alternate casting, I'll give you uh, some other names that were considered for him. Oh, he's got alternative. Okay, uh, Jack Nicholson. Okay, <laughs> which for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, I don't know. Was Jack Nicholson want to do that role? Well, what's this? This is what a year before Batman. Yeah, I mean, I. You ever dance with the <laughs> devil? And you ever made a martini? <laughs> egg cup. I could, I could, okay, no, I'm actually struggling to see that. I can, I get it, but I, I can't see it in my head. And I can't see any world in which Jack Nicholson signs on to do it, but I can see him playing that character okay, easily. That's um, What's the next one? Dustin Hoffman. Okay, I was thinking that we're going to go through like, this range of ages as well. Um, no, I mean... <laughs> No, I again, I can see, I can see it, but I don't think like because Dustin Hoffman's a good enough actor. I can see him doing that sort of like grizzled mentor. Yeah. What's Dustin I, doing in it? Rain Man. Oh fuck yeah! Oh fuck <laughs> fuck yeah! Oh shit! Um, all right, no, okay. I mean, chemistry. I mean, they could have been together in two blockbusters. Yeah, together. You're together. saying. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Siblings and lovers. Uh, Michael Caine. Okay, I was Michael Caine saying... would have been amazing because I'm just imagining Batman begins. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can see that, but you know what? I consider my alternative casting for Cruise and stuff. I'm I'm liking the original actor, and I I can't get him out of my head. What if Johnny wrote you a letter saying that she didn't want to be with you, <laughs> Mister Flanagan? What would you do then? Go back. You're too old to be making cocktails. <laughs> I look at Bane and I see a young upcoming bartender. <laughs> Any final ones? It's Dudley Moore. 
Yeah, I mean, that's as I was expecting them to just to rattle through all these similar actors' ages, but um, yeah, no, and they're they're also too old for me. Um, yeah, considering whatever their original actor is called or his age, but um, no, yeah, once again, though, fine performance. I don't want him recast. He's he can keep his role in my reboot. I I agree. The other the only other one I have for you is Paul Newman because they apparently wanted yeah. to do a color money yeah, yeah. thing again. I think it's just like who has Tom Cruise acted with before. That's it. And that's the thing is like all of these actors, you take any like amazing actor who's kind of like the right age and they could do this part because it's not like, it's not like it's a hard part. No. Um, like all of these actors are incredibly charismatic in their own way. Mm-hmm. It's a different part. And the guy, Brian is so good as Doug that I, none of those are an improvement. No, that's what I mean. And like, um, I can't, I can I can imagine them in it, but I, I don't want to almost. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, he's he was my favorite part of the film. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I'd, I'd agree. And this is where we kind of, as soon as he was introduced, we tried to predict what was going to happen yes. to him. So this is where you went flaming modes. Flaming modes. I could see it. The, you know, he's going to, Tom Cruise is going to upstage him. He's going to teach him everything he knows. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise is going to invent a cocktail and go off and make his own cocktail. Call a flaming Tom. <laughs> a flaming Tom. <laughs> no innuendos, no nothing. No. You um, know me, Marge. <laughs> I like my beer loud, my TV cold, and my Tom's flaming. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, there's going to be a, some sabotage from Doug and he's going to, Try and get himself back at um, Tom Cruise, and you know, then you know, make up. They'll go to Kokomo, or something will happen, and a competition kind of thing. You know, I could exp- a, a cocktail competition or something where the two of them get pitted together. And as I was seeing flaming Moe's in my head yeah. with that in in Jamaica, basically. Yeah. Whereas me being a student of Joseph Campbell and uh, the Obi One <laughs> reference being like presented to us, I was like, okay. He's the mentor figure, so he will have to die in order for Tom Cruise to become, to complete his journey and to become fully actualized. And spoilers, we're both kind of right. Both kind of right, yeah. Um, He fucks him over and then he dies. (laughs) (laughs) He goes all the way out to Kokomo to see him, though. Like, that's true love. I I don't think the. Yeah, so um, he has has his opening night. Which, again, I, I think one of the reasons I enjoyed this film so much was it's probably the Tom Cruise film where I can relate the most to in terms of he's a fuck-up. And then, like, when he when you had that first trial shift, I was like, oh, God, that's been me. Just, like, people yeah. yelling at you, getting hit in the head by the till, like, yeah. <laughs> looking up instructions for how to make, like, a vodka and coke. Um <laughs> But he has that chaotic. He has that chaotic shift. Calls one of the the waitresses a bitch, which is sort of foreshadowing of mm, he's not. A, he's not know, it's a right. piercing guy. It's all um, right though because she is a bitch. Yeah, says, she yeah. says yeah. yeah. And then he gets tips from his first night, and then we cut to he's in college. Yeah. So I was that just blew my mind. Sitting I was like, college, has yeah. he paid his tuition with one night's tips? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you get an army discount or I don't know? I don't know. That's not important though. That's not important. No, all. it's this not. This little important. subplot of him being in college and learning is really just padding. Yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. He uh, he has to write his own obituary, which I kind of found a little bit fun. 
where he's like uh he's like brian flanagan died at the age of 99 like the wealthiest like he was like a governor billionaire yeah that's it he was donald trump um <laughs> and he is like survived by his 18 year old seventh wife which as i said to you raises the question if she's 18 years old when did they meet? Yeah. This is a whirlwind romance. On Well, we well, met we, on her 18th birthday, birthday yeah, and then and we, we had, got married he's two got weeks three, later. He's got 364 days to do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but whatever. I mean, there's just some things there you can't... And I guess that's some of the outdated aspects as well of cocktail. Not just that, obviously, but like um, sort of the gaze as well is... It's a bit different, but yeah. Anyways, he gets right to his obituary. He is he has these nice little um, banter, you could say, or witty remarks with uh, the college professor who puts him down for his idea. That's soon, isn't it? I'm not jumping. Uh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. There's like two scenes of him yeah. in class. One of them is like an English class where he's learning about uh, Philip Roth or something. Oh yeah. And yeah. Then the next one is a marketing class yes, where he's uh, the professor's ripping all their dreams to shreds. And there's some woman behind him, like like who is probably the age he's meant to be. Of like, I've that's been a wife for everyone years else and... in that class were, was much older. Yeah, that's why exactly. I thought, like, this is why there's I think a the mature Kathy yeah. Bates student behind you. Why you I... like, oh, and the other guys at the front, the mullet guy and stuff, they all looked old. That's why I'm sure this was for an older. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Like Tom Cruise. Okay, you want to have film. Ted Danson? <laughs> Ted Danson now. Yeah, not um, Ted Danson in AA. <laughs> anyway, so you mentioning the the sort of like the this being a a product of its time. This was round about the time where I came up with my idea for cocktail Flanagan which is a Top Gun Maverick style uh, <laughs> legacy sequel to this yes. film. Because to me, this isn't a world away from Top Gun. No. And watching the scenes of of Brian and Doug behind bar in their element, I was yeah. like, I can see this, like I can see Tom Cruise and Miles Teller doing this. Yes, 100%. Um, so throughout half the film, we're just kind of speculating on like, okay, how do you, how do you make a sequel for this? And you're I, like... You you mentioning it being more progressive and less bail gazy. I guess you can you can go with that angle. I'm not. I'm 100 <laughs> playing it straight. I'm I'm following the Top Gun formula to a T. Okay, I mean it works if it's if it you know Top Gun formula. Um, it's been a rousing success. So. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll get into that more because just to just to jump ahead, the, our usual question of how do you fix this? Mm-hmm. I don't think this hugely needs to be fixed i I couldn't make this better yeah Um, it's it's not great i can make it worse Um, yeah there's a few yeah there's not great i mean there's i don't even got to her but um elizabeth shoe and the romance lead i think's pretty stumbly yeah and like you pointed out while we're watching it all momentum drops and the pace and drops once they get to kokomo well that's my final note i stopped taking (laughs) my last note is kokomo transition and then nothing yeah because tom cruise gets with gets with this photographer and she's like she has like a big like what is it she lives in like a brownstone yeah yeah and she so she's not like super wealthy she's not ivanka trump but she is reasonably well off in comparison to Tom Cruise. He's like, oh, like, this is like, this is great. I like, she's my girlfriend. I love her. And then old Mr. Coughlin is like, yeah, nah, man. Like, 
But they, What's like, he does he? Well, he says, like, you know, she's going to... It makes her bet. It's all about bets. And he's like, she's yeah. going to sleep with someone else by the end of the week. Yeah. And then it turns out it's him that sleeps because Tom Cruise spoke about their sex life. Yeah. He, he like, they're they're playing basketball and then they cut to, like, he's like, yeah, women are bitches, Tom. Never get in too deep. You need a man. A man that's reliable. <laughs> a man that's trustworthy. You know where you are with a man. And then they cut to, like, their bartending at this, like, cell block tango yeah, scene. Yeah, which is a place. fucking we've, weird we've, scene. We've missed out the Eminem, like, the rap battle yeah, scene. Yeah, oh, the beat the poetry. poetry. yeah. The yuppie poetry. And it's so <laughs> weird. I mean, I mean this, is, this is where I was starting to really enjoy the film, to be honest, because it's such a strange world. And, like, the way clubs and bars are portrayed as well, they are just ram jam full of people like everybody needs an order it's you only ever have two bartenders for some no, reason of course <laughs> of course they can only, they have to make the same drink at the same time together we've and... seen how like it's like a it's like a fine equilibrium with two bartenders it's like uh, it's, go back to the Star Wars thing. It's like always two. There are <laughs> like, you can't have any more. They kill each other. Like, would, yeah, this bar ain't big enough for three egos. <laughs> With its two sort of rotting heads, there's that sort of homoeroticism. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as soon as you had three, then no, someone's, <laughs> someone's getting killed. So then they have their little basketball game, and yeah. then. The, the photographer is there and she makes out with Doug and then goes around to Tom and breaks up with him because she's like, oh, you kiss and told. And I was like, and that was confusing because like, he what he didn't, he didn't really, he didn't no, really right? know. No. Like he, he like, I mean, he mentioned her, I think, but he wasn't going into graphic detail. He was saying like, oh, like she's amazing. Like she's, and even I'm to be so, fair, in their sex scene in the film, they just kind of wrestled and they wrestled under some blankets yeah, he fell off the bed, bed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what he told her like man you ever heard that nursery rhyme like 10 monkeys jumping on the bed well i did a lot of jumping on the bed last <laughs> night with a photographer um so that kind of doesn't really make sense no. i guess like that's meant to be like oh he's immature and he grows up by the end and becomes a more respectful man but he's probably like as good as you get yeah, in that first relationship. Yeah, and that, I mean that's the first like stumbling point, I guess, in terms of plot and development throughout the film. But I, I was very confused in it. But but it gives an excuse for Tom Cruise to go away to Jamaica. Well, yeah, him and, and Doug. Mars, yeah, him and Doug have a big fight. Doug smashes a bottle and threatens Tom with it. Yeah, we have that. That's not a knife. It's this <laughs> is a knife. And the first of um, punching square in the nose as well, which is quite yeah. a recurring theme in this film, like. So they have that fight and then Tom kind of walks off and then this is when we get one of cinema's finest transitions as he's walking down the New York street and then Kokomo yep. starts to play and he goes to Kokomo. He does go to Kokomo. Uh, and, and then, I mean, I, I time-checked it because it was 38 minutes and I was so surprised that the refrain it had from, the restraint rather, from not having Kokomo throughout the whole film. Yeah. This is the only time we get it is in the beautiful transition. And uh, <laughs> we directed Kokomo, which is constantly the yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> no, the rise and falls of Kokomo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like so was, and I, I was worried that it peaked at that point as well. Yeah, like, oh, no, I was a little worried. Thirty eight minutes in and Kokomo's done and Starship are done and what and my boy um dogs out the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what am I looking forward to now? But um yeah, so he goes and uh becomes a bartender again yeah um, he's a bartender in jamaica things are going great he meets elizabeth shoe yes. and gets off with her and they have a wonderful 10 to 24 hours well we also um, have to point out that since the fight between 
Tom Cruise and Doug. Uh, it's three years apart. It's been three years. He's been on a boat to Kokomo for three years. Um, but he's here now. He started a life. And then who walks back into his bar? That old Penny, that handsome rogue. Doug oh, and himself. he's instantly forgiven as well. Like, time heals all wounds. Kokomo, I can't stay mad at you. No. And Tom um, Cruise lights up as well. I mean, yeah, I got does, so much yeah. enjoyment of just how excited he looks just to see his old friend again. And um, Well, you said the chemistry that Tom has with Doug is off the charts in comparison <laughs> to what he has with, like, anyone. Anyone else. That's um, why it is, it is that, like, Anakin-Obi-Wan relationship of their kind of brothers, kind of father and son, and... To yeah. not hear they're not. No, no, no. No, no. no, no here's no. your ex who you've still got a little yeah. bit of a... Um, oh, absolutely. And um, and Doug's married now as well. Doug's married. Which must have broke he, Doug's got a beard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he outs Tom. He outs Tom to like his crowd because he was like, hey, this guy is like, I bet he's got like a little success manual. I bet he's got Jordan Pearson's book behind the bar. <laughs> and sure and he tries to get it. And like Tom sort of bats him away, but then he concedes and he pulls it out and he does have a little success win book behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are still the same person. Well, Elizabeth, no she's much... not moved by Doug. You know, she, no. she knows you're a weird 40-year-old creep that's got your arm around you and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Why is this guy I kind of... <laughs> Why is this guy I was flirting with just suddenly, like, head over heels on, like, a 40-year-old man? <laughs> um, and um, I'm going to give her credit as well. I don't. Think, I think Elizabeth Shue's fine in this. I think some of the dialogue in her character is dreadful and weird. Yeah, but, she's, like, she's okay. But she tries and she's yeah. got, you know... It's not her fault that Tom Cruise isn't Exactly, exactly. Uh, which, I don't know, you you were turning your nose up me saying this is a rom-com. Is this maybe just, is may, this maybe an iconic movie for the fellas? Is this a romance? <laughs> well, it's, it's a Top Gun effect, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Elizabeth shoehorned in, really. Like, <laughs> just, just to keep it, yeah, no. Um, um, so anyway, we got things kind of out of order. He tear, tears himself away from Doug long enough to go and cavort with Elizabeth Shue under waterfalls, go horse riding, yeah, have a little wrestle again. Yeah. And then there's that weird, like, there's that transition. I liked it. You didn't like it where they're having sex under the waterfall and then it transitions to them having sex by a fire. <laughs> and you were like, is this one continuous? Um, He's still working it up, you know. He <laughs> needs a little time, you know. Um, and then cut to the morning after and Tom, yet again, has not learned from his mistakes because Doug is like, hey, I married, like, I married a fan of Trump. Like, I married, like, an heiress. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a made man. You couldn't do the same because you're not a hustler. You're a worker. Yeah. And Tom Cruise wants to win the approval of Doug. So he uh, accepts a bet that he wouldn't be able to, like, get off with a rich woman at the bar. Mm-hmm. And he proves Doug wrong. And he does it. But at the expense of blowing things with Elizabeth Shue, who's mm-hmm. like, why is this guy now going off with yeah. um, whatever and then uh we sort of quickly transition back to new york well that's kokomo done that's, that's my, biggest, done, my yeah. biggest surprise is how little we were in jamaica and how little anything happened there as well like yeah i thought that was going to be the climax it, when i was my predictions for this film was going to be like a karate kid style bartending mm. tournament in I've, kokomo which would have been amazing <laughs> and it's convenient that every character we've met in kokomo will live in new york as well and yeah you know so back i don't we know go. places like places can be a bit like that though aren't they <laughs> it's like 
like I don't know, like all the people, all the rich socialites who go to the True. same place. There in was Mexico a lot of white or, people in Jamaica, yeah. conveniently. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's him back. We're and we're so done. he's back, and then he kind of like intentionally blows things. Well, he absolutely intentionally blows things up with um rich, uh, Bigger rich lady. Um, yeah, rich fling. Because he wants her to get him a job and she doesn't do that well enough or fast enough. And so he just kind of like causes a scene and punches the guy at an art gallery. Things blow up. He then uh, gets tries to get back with Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. who reveals that she is pregnant um, and that she's rich. Mm-hmm. She's the richest person we've met so far. She is, yeah. Um, and this is another time, Park Avenue rich. time strangeness because she's not showing her pregnancy and well it was like two days ago well, that like, <laughs> child was conceived well then why so. was tom so impatient with the heiress you know they give it some because she bought him a suit last week you know yeah. there's little time things and it's like you're yeah. living in the apartment with her you're going to galleries with her you're getting shown to investors and i'm like well uh, i don't think it's tom's i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe we can pick up these strands in uh in cocktail cocktail flanagan <laughs> And so then he's kind of trying to like, he's kind of trying to like win her back. And then he goes to get a job with um, his old flame, Doug. And <laughs> Doug, things aren't going well for Doug. Um, well, they are at first on the surface. Yeah. He's running yeah. a massive success. There's all these socialites and rich He's investors. living the dream. He's got his own outwardly. Carrie's yeah. dream as well. It's yeah. the name of his missus, or mistress, heiress, whatever she's model i don't know i don't know what she is i don't know what she does but um yeah he's uh, on the surface he's living the dream but you know once once they hunker down in the boat um their truth comes out because tom i th- the bet was they made another bet wasn't it that um oh that's the funny thing is elizabeth shoe is mad at tom because she's like well, i thought we had something like special and why did you <laughs> why did you sleep with like uh an older woman and he's like listen don't understand it's it's doug doug dared me to do it <laughs> when a dude guys yeah when a guy makes you a dare you've got to do it yeah you don't understand it's like a um so he Women has just that, don't understand he, it, Tom. i think it we're even making it sound more normal than it like yeah, it's he, weird he, he he when he's telling it to her he describes it in a way that makes him sound insane yeah he'd be like i would have security remove this man immediately. <laughs> when he tells the truth of why he cheated on her and you know even if they just had a day or two fling again i do not know how long they were together in kokomo but his excuses and you you owe me a second you know i deserve he bet me i couldn't i couldn't get a ritual (laughs) um Um, yeah it's very strange and it's manic as well from yeah it's good cruise energy um, jumping on couch um and so um but brian had made them not brian doug had made them another (laughs) bet which was uh you'll be coming to me for a job yes and so he does tail between his legs he like buys the 500 bottle of whiskey is it yeah brandy uh, brandy yeah. yeah brandy that's it and then he goes off to hand that over to doug and to ask for a job and then they go off they're like hey why don't we ditch this crowd <laughs> somewhere where we can speak in private it's because of the implication isn't yeah. it <laughs> exactly <laughs> no on a boat. he takes them off to the boat yeah. um and uh, so they have their little heart to heart. That's when Doug reveals that, like, all the glitters is not gold and the whole. He's hemorrhaging thing. money. Yeah. And, uh, he 
doesn't know what insurance was or yeah. linen or <laughs> anything was. He's just lost all his money. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a sinking ship. And then he leaves him and Doug's wife tries to get off with Tom. And Tom is like, no, this is disrespectful. Yeah, Doug deserves better. How dare you? <laughs> um, and uh, then he goes back to the boat where, dun, 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 I called it. Like, he takes a Polaroid of Doug before he yeah, leaves. Yeah, And they did. linger on that Polaroid in a candle in the wind. Like, mm-hmm. Doug's gonna, like, but, this but, fleeting moment, Doug well, is... I, I had predicted a Dennis Wilson overboard <laughs> drinking, you know? Like, yeah, he's not gonna yeah. be on the boat and Doug calling out into the sea and things. But... Yeah, if Doug was just, like, drunk and sort of died yeah. accidentally. But, but that's not what we got, no. No, he kills himself with the bottle of brandy. He does. In a, like... It, they only flash it in up, so it's hard to tell what he did because he's covered in blood. He absolutely like he's just lying in like so all of his blood, and um, like this bottle's completely smashed. I, yeah, so I assumed he'd slit his throat with it. I mean, that would be the way to do it. But I mean, it's just an absolute massacre. It did not look like a pleasant death no, no, at no, all. No, 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 no. And Tom Cruise like freaks out he does. as you would yeah, when you yeah. see the love of your life, like just <laughs> gutted like a fish. Um, and I laughed. It's kind of cheesy at first, but then I was like, I don't know. Maybe this is the way that like. Like, I really like in Inception when uh, Marion Cotillard mm-hmm. jumps off and Leonardo DiCaprio has, like, a weird little, like, oh, my Jesus, <laughs> He has, like, such a good, like, like, I don't really, see, like, it's... I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I laughed because it's in Cocktail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we 10 minutes ago, we were in Kokomo. And yeah. Every, like, um, so it's that juxtaposition between what the film is and this one scene, but... I really enjoyed it. I actually really liked it. Um, yeah, he has a really raw yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> a really good raw performance out of him. Um, and so, as we predicted, Doug's death was what Tom Cruise needed to get back on the straight path and to get his life all sorted out. And so he woos Elizabeth Shue back. And then that's basically it. <laughs> basically, they, they open up a cocktail yeah. bar. He opens up his bar and she announces... And he, he does a little a little another spoken word like if a son he be <laughs> then all your drinks will be free. <laughs> My love Where- brand is he. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if a girl she give birth to your bill will be due. <laughs> um, and then she's like oh it's twins. And then it's kind of like a do 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 um, end pretty much. Yeah just roll credits it's- and very so, abrupt ending, but what, what else, you know? Um, so that's it, though. That is. Thus concludes Kokomo. Kokomo, wonderful. And we've gone way over because, like, I don't know, as you can probably tell, we did had a pretty good time with this. I, film. I, I had as much fun as Tom Cruise was having in this film, <laughs> which is just, he is having a blast. He's so much manic energy, and I can just, it helped. It just, it was a very, very fun film. Yeah. Um, I'll never watch it again, but no. I'll. Um, I can't make this one better. I couldn't make it more enjoyable. We've kind of we've kind of blown the the blown the game here with this. Definitely isn't Razzie worthy. No, no, not at all. So the things it beat out Rambo three. Oh, don't get me started. Um, but I'm I'm glad it, Rambo three is still a better film to me than Cocktail. So yeah, M- Mac and Me. Mac and Me is worse than Cocktail. Hot to trot. Not seen. 
So, yeah, this is a big Kyle year for the Razzies. Yeah. The only other contribution I have to make is Hot to Trot, which I just watched. <laughs> and it's uh, a film in which a talking horse helps Bobcat Goldthwaite do insider trading. <laughs> and do not be fooled. It is nowhere near as good as that synopsis suggests. And yeah, it's it's a way worse winner than, yes. um, than Cocktail. Caddyshack 2. Caddyshack 2 is a... Probably a worse film than, well, it is a worse film than Cocktail, 100%. I get some strange enjoyment out of Cocktail, uh, Cocktail 2, Caddyshack 2. I also, uh, without going on too much about Caddyshack 2, Chevy Chase's cameo minor appearance in it, where he does a Harrison Ford in your pajamas. I'm not going to play the character, I'm just going to be myself for one scene and that's it. But objectively, Caddyshack 2, if you don't have any of that perverse enjoyment like I do, is a much, much, much more Razzie winner, in my opinion. Um, okay, so this then leads into our... Um, this film doesn't really need to be fixed in the same way that um, Indecent Proposal didn't need to be fixed. No. So just as we did our modern reboot for that, in this one we're going to be pitching our pitching our, our cocktail, um, cocktail maverick. <laughs> um, so for me, the twins die. Okay. Um, <laughs> the twins die. Like the um, like we write them out. Right, call them or they're dead. No, they're dead. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're dead, but they're not. Like you don't linger on it in the way. Like it's not really haunted by grief. Like his grief is Doug's death, not his twins. <laughs> he maybe says that in like he's in. It opens with him in therapy in an A meeting. Okay. Okay. He's like, hi, I'm uh, Brian. And I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I, I lost my like my soulmate. Um, killed himself and I just wonder what could I and then he's like, Oh, by the way, like my twins died. Um, <laughs> I know, so, yeah. Yeah. so they're gone. Um Elizabeth Shue probably left him because like he like maybe maybe he's on like a maybe he's on like a like he has a death drive, death wish ever since and he's constantly making bets with himself like i bet i can't like jump over that gorge or like i, I like bet that. i can't make a drinkable cocktail with bleach or, um, <laughs> I, I quite like that you know she in my head there she's left him if we're going with your vision he is an alcoholic and he is a gambler probably from all the bets yeah but he's still a bartender he is a bartender and that's, that's what, his that, soul and seeing the world partying and enjoying himself and having fun and he can't anymore because doug's dead and yeah his light's gone, so he's yeah. just serving these people now, and yeah. it's all a show for him. He's a he's a clown now. Yeah, um, I like that. And so this is when Miles Teller enters the picture, and he has the mustache still. Um, <laughs> he's he's the same Miles Teller that he is in Top Gun, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm looking for work. I understand that you you knew my dad," and he's like, "Yeah, sure. Uh, what's your name?" And he's like, yeah, my name's uh, Brian Coughlin. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Doug's wife was pregnant when Doug died. Yeah. They could have had, had a kid this... in that three years, though. They might have had a kid back in New York you know, yeah. after their initial breakup. So I, I can believe that. Um, And so, like, he, like, he teaches just as Obi-Wan. It's like, it's, it's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> just as Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, trained uh, just as doug was tom's obi-wan kenobi tom becomes obi-wan kenobi to yeah. miles teller you get the scenes where they're like dancing behind bar 
and like they're just loving it yeah and we get like lady gaga to collaborate with mike love and like write 100%. a new song for the soundtrack that's my that's All my right. sequel I, I won't go so I can't what's go, yours I, I don't want to go too far away from that i mean the miles teller thing I wasn't going to kill off the twins. Uh, no, you, you were going to involve gonna, the twins. I was going to have the twins. One one twin in my head, a male and a female probably. Like we're going to mix it up a bit. One's in business, one's successful in Wall Street. The other's a down and out bartender. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, we're going to have a not prince and a pauper, but yeah, they're going to have to. Then they're, I don't know if Tom Cruise is in my Maverick sequel for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, Elizabeth Shoe's dead or something, so it brings them together and. I would probably now weave that into Tom Cruise being down on his luck or an alcoholic or a gambler and he hasn't shaked a cocktail shaker in, you know, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, family thing. I would probably pull it in much, much similar though. Uh, Miles Teller could play one of the twins mm-hmm. as well. And, um, well, he plays both of them, like Jack and Jill. Then <laughs> <laughs> take my money. Um, so I, would, I definitely have, a, I probably wouldn't only have anything to do with um, Doug. I would, other than maybe a picture framed on the wall or yeah. something or a force ghost that's where you I'm, lost I'm me. happy with a force ghost <laughs> you know like tom has to you know hear his voice in his head you know like coglin's law or something yeah. you know like he's got to get it back together to help his kids learn the meaning of bartending was never about this tom. it was about what's inside that's it yeah yeah bartending was never about what was inside the glass tom what was inside you <laughs> But I would also keep it much more in Kokomo or in Jamaica rather. Yeah. Um, I'd go for much more of a Caribbean kind of mm-hmm. theme and play it up that because that's probably my biggest problem. If I'm fixing the film, I'm keeping it in Kokomo longer. Um, yeah. Having the initial plot happen more in Kokomo, like their fallout has to happen in Kokomo for me and things yeah. like that. So like keeping it in Jamaica or Kokomo, whatever. <laughs> um, keeping it in the, keeping it in the sun is something I would be pushing for pretty hard. Hang on, I've just realized. Maybe we don't call it Cocktail Flanagan because Flanagan isn't as iconic as Maverick. What if we call it Cocktail Kokomo? Go, just Kokomo. Like it's, <laughs> it's just perfect. And you know, we've called this film Kokomo 40 yeah. times already. So I've called Jamaica Kokomo 40 times. <laughs> I love how Kokomo doesn't even exist. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, coming up in the second half. We will be discussing the rest of the nominations and winners in the other categories at the 1988 Razzies. So join us for that. We'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. That's where... Yeah, see you soon. (laughs) Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to part two um, (laughs) of Watching Worst. So... I'm heartbroken we can't use this every single episode. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this just becomes a Kokomo fan (laughs) podcast after this. We find our true calling. So, worst actor, Burt Reynolds in Rent-A-Cop and Switching Channels. I have not seen either of these. um, Neither have I. So, pass. Jackie Mason in Caddyshack 2. It's awful. Um, It's just Jackie Mason as well. Like, there's no character. There's no... So, yeah. I only know Jackie Mason from The Simpsons. (laughs) You know most of these from The Simpsons. So, So, yeah, it's a a worthy, worthy nomination. Bobcat Goldthwaite in Hot Trot. Okay. um, I like Bobcat Goldthwaite. Bobcat Goldthwaite. I don't know. He just pushes my buttons for, like, his his shtick. Although it's very Sandler-esque and it should be something that should annoy me. Mm -hmm. I like it. Like, Bobcat Goldthwaite can just crack me up with, like, the funny voice. Yeah, okay, not um, fair. 
and but I will I will agree he's he it it it, it doesn't really work in this yeah and he's he's kind of um he's kind of like phoning it in like yeah. you can you can see I mean you're not going to give your it. finest performance and hot to trot you know like um I read that apparently his agent gave him the script and he was like well, why would I do this and then they made the, yeah, the international yeah. money sign Tom Cruise and Cocktail as Brian Flanagan. Okay, no world does Tom Cruise deserve a nomination. No, not at all. Like, it's not a stretch of his abilities. He's just kind oh, of no, doing the he, charismatic It's Cruise It's, it's thing. one of the more Tom Cruisier Tom Cruise performances as well. Like, yeah. I, I don't think he's acting much in some of it, especially in the actual bartending scenes. It genuinely mm. looks like he's having fun and he's showing off what he's learned. But, For sure. But that's fun and it fits the film. And, yeah. Yeah, like... The film doesn't Murray. work if you add someone, like, less charismatic. If you had Bill Murray, I yeah, think the yeah, film yeah. doesn't work. I mean, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, we need someone light and frothy. Uh, we need a nice fruity cocktail. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise. And so this is where... This is this is my thinking. We've read some of Mr. Razzie's book, which we now have. Mm-hmm. And so the entry for Cocktail... They really lay into Tom Cruise, but they also say, like, this was the year that Rain Man won Best Picture. And so I think that's why this one is they just like the narrative yeah, it of... It's horrible, though. It's wrong. But yeah, the, yeah, he's the best and he's the worst. It's a recurring thing we're going to see more of. But like, yeah, absolutely not. If, you... if Rain Man doesn't come out, Cocktail probably doesn't win. No. And Co- Tom Cruise maybe isn't even nominated. Exactly. Um, and the winner, Sylvester Stallone in uh, Rambo 3. Not at all. Um, not in the slightest. And I, I'm not going to stand up here and defend Rambo 3 to the death because it is one of the weakest Rambos. Yeah. But Stallone, again, he's not doing anything he hasn't done in Rambo 2, which we're going to watch one day. So uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you'll disagree with me then. Um, it's not great, but it's, if it's... No, it's not. It's not. It's not It's not worse than Jackie Mason and Caddyshack 2. <laughs> A man speaking on something which he knows nothing about, um, I... I, my my um, assumption is just that Sylvester Stallone can only be so bad playing Rambo because he basically is Rambo. Well, it, like it's just like turning up and does, doing the same performance. No, that he's, well, no, like see, this is a slight thing. Like in First Blood, he does act. You know, he does. Yeah. John Rambo is a oh yeah a for character. sure. He's good in the he's good um, in the first one. The and he's second, traumatized. The second film is an action man. Is the transition to action man, and the third one's full action man. But you you know just like Schwarzenegger and Commando and stuff like Don't that. You dare. <laughs> you can't dunk on it because that's what the it suits the film. Like yeah. I don't I don't want serious grizzled John Rambo in Rambo three because yeah. that's not the film, and he's still not that bad. I I don't no it's not it's not no no no. Okay, Jackie Mason gets that for me. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I'm sure Bobcat himself would agree that if he got it, then yeah. he at least got a, a <clears> big <throat> chunk of change in exchange for it. Worst actress, Vanity in Action Jackson. Which I have seen, but I haven't seen it in, in over a decade. So I'm not going to have any comment there. Uh, Cassandra Peterson in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Didn't even know there was an Elvira movie, so no comment. Yeah, no, that was that was the big thing. Whoopi Goldberg in The Telephone. Which I did not hear about until we looked at this list. Yeah, so here we go. The Telephone seems like such a Kyle movie on paper because it was co-written by Harry Nielsen. Yep. And it was directed, directed by, by Rip Torn. His only directorial debut and last as well. So yeah, like, and it's seventy-eight minutes long, and there's five people in the cast, and it's all in one room. Like, yeah. I'm gonna watch this film. I have a little addendum in the next episode if I tell you what my thoughts on the telephone were. <laughs> and Elliot Gould was in it, 
Yeah. And Elliot Gould was uh, originally meant to be the horse in uh, Hot <laughs> Trot, the talking horse, before he was replaced with... I think it was actually that he... I think he did record. I think he was recast. Was this like Chris Farley and Shrek kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I think Elliot yeah. Gould was taped over, which is a shame because Hot Trot is terrible. Um, <laughs> the horse, the talking horse, it's not even... Like, it doesn't doesn't look... It's not up to, like muffin the mule or like any like i don't know like it, it, it's it's bad by the standards of talking horse horses visually yeah it's it's not good but i could see elliot gould bringing a sort of sardonic yeah proto bojack horseman <laughs> okay yeah, kind of yeah. Thing to it. whereas john candy uh he's just i don't know he's just john candy that's um, fair that's very fair um rebecca de mornay and god created woman nothing Okay, and then we have Liza Minnelli in Arthur 2 on the Rocks and Rent-A-Cop. So I know of Arthur 2, especially when I was obsessed with really bad sequels, but I've not seen it, so I, I have no comment for either of these. Liza Minnelli's a weird one where um, she's amazing in uh, Arrested Development and obviously uh, Cabaret. I love her in Cabaret, yeah. But hmm, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the leads in arthur the good one so, <laughs> oh she's know. in arthur as well the first one yeah so, she's yeah. the she's the female lady yeah. she's the one that like uh which i don't know this is one of my most controversial opinions i have a soft spot for arthur the remake okay well and it's greta gerwig in in the in the remake okay and so it's one so of greta you... gerwig's worst performances because you can see she just has utter contempt for the movie yeah but i think she might better than oh controversial (laughs) worst supporting actor christopher reeve in switching channels never seen harvey keitel in the last temptation of christ what's your thoughts here um i can't remember last temptation of christ well enough to have a super informed view my uh like mutual friends of ours the twins they absolutely hate harvey keitel okay i think he's terrible okay and I can kind of see what they mean. Like Harvey Keitel sometimes seems like he's horrendously miscast. Yes. And I think that might be a little bit in Last Temptation of Christ. He's just too modern. Yes. Um, um, and I, I can understand the criticisms. Uh, I, I love both Harvey Keitel and Last Temptation of Christ. So I'm probably a little bit biased. Mm-hmm. Um, miscast. Strange casting in general. But he's not, he's not a Razzie nominated supporting actor for me. Uh, it's, yeah, no, not for me. Um, there was a funny tweet about this just the other day I saw, which is like you know how people like criticize Ben Affleck in Last Jewel because they're like he like certain actors don't work in yeah. period films because they're like that man knows what a cell phone is. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like uh, they were like oh Harvey Keitel like knows what lasagna is or he was born after the invention yeah. of lasagna. He's just too yeah, Italian of, of and course, modern. Yeah. And I, I, again, I get it, but like. Uh, my biases are probably going to keep keep it away from this nomination. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Richard Crenna in Rambo Three, which is no, which is a big no. Um, Richard Crenna. So if we're going into like the Rambo, and again we'll even talk about this in Rambo Part Two. Richard Crenna gives like so serious performance in First Blood mm-hmm. as a commanding officer, and in the third film he's firing machine guns with Rambo, and um, side by side. <laughs> oh, and I mean I love it. Really not. <laughs> you don't see this one. You see number two. Yeah, yeah. I know, but <laughs> so you're all right. I thought I thought that number. I I didn't know that there was any connectivity. So I'm I was prepared for watching Rambo two with just like 
This is a completely separate thing that just so happens to share the same. Oh, name. that's wonderful! But if there's crossover of like other characters. Richard Cran- back, Richard Cranagh. Be... Richard Cranagh is in the first three. I think it was maybe in the fourth one, oh but sadly passes away. He is the only connection between the films, though, oh, okay. and he just like the films having like a nice progression into the campy madness that they become and the pure from again from thriller to action film. He along with the film progresses mm-hmm. um, much more than Stallone. So, uh, but no, I really actually, I really enjoy uh, Krenna in Rambo 3 and I like how much fun he's having because he's playing something completely different. Um, he gets to shed the stuffiness and fire some guns. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm a, not a nomination for me. Um, Billy Barty in Willow. It's your boy, Billy Barty, isn't it? You're, did you not rip on him in a previous episode? I have no idea who Billy Barty is. <laughs> Do you not? Oh, <laughs> of course. Billy Barty is in Under the Rainbow. Yeah, yeah no, Billy Barty plays the Nazi in Under the Rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're a um, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a vendetta against Billy Barty. You've Barty never seen Willow, though, have you? I've seen maybe, like, glimpses of it when my mum was watching yeah. it on TV and I was a kid. And she was like, oh, you'll love this. It's like a fantasy. I watched, like... Two minutes. I was like, "This is rubbish." And then well, just left. I mean, that's it. I um, I have seen Willow. My, my memory. This is probably being a dumb kid watching it with Dark Crystal. I'm gonna refrain from having a restraint again. I keep saying it. Um, from having an opinion here because I also like those shitty Ewok Star Wars movies when yeah. I was a kid. So well, I did as well. yeah. So like, I'm gonna. I can't remember Willow enough to tell you about Billy Barry's great performance <laughs> in it. Um, the winner, on the other hand, a man who you or well, well qualified to uh, <laughs> judge Dan Aykroyd in Caddyshack 2 and yeah like I mean considering the rest of the nominations I can understand right so Dan Aykroyd is a replacement for Bill Murray from Caddyshack 1 Bill Murray is not coming back for the sequel because um, he's off doing uh, Scrooged yeah. this time hence why he's with not, Bobcat with Bobcat <laughs> so Bobcat can do too hot to, hot to trot and Scrooged but he can't you know, uh, Bill Murray can't do cocktail and Scrooge. Do you imagine Bobcat Goldthwait in cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna. And um, this is this is a turning point for Dan Aykroyd for me. Like late <laughs> 80s where he becomes, he is just turned up to eleven. He's like almost a caricature of Dan Aykroyd. Like the worst qualities what you might not like about him in like Ghostbusters and you know Blues Brothers. Anything you don't you think oh that's this is what leads on the road to nothing but trouble. This is a very bad performance and it is also a, like a poor imitation of bill murray as well um oh, being in the God. same role and things and i can completely under he's not funny um <laughs> so yeah I, I can understand maybe not winner but i can understand it um worst sporting actress zelda rubenstein and poltergeist 3 which i don't think i've seen i think poltergeist 2 is the last one i've seen mariel hemingway in sunset which i've never heard of daryl hannah in high spirits which i've not seen Eileen Brennan in The New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and the winner, Christy McNichol in Two Moon Junction. Yeah, so a, a complete, I've not seen... We're awash for we're that awash one. For I think that's one. the first time neither, neither of us has seen any of the nominees. Um, worst director, Peter McDonald for Rambo 3. Nope. Uh, Roger Donaldson for Cocktail. No. Michael Dinner for Hot Trot. Yes. Okay. Stuart Raffel for Mac and Me. Yes. He was the Tide winner with Blake Edwards for Sunset. Yeah, so I can't say unless Hot to Trot is much worse directed than Mac and Me, I can understand Mr. Stuart Raffel, or whatever he's called, winning for Mac and Me. 
uh, I haven't seen uh, the the thing. The thing with Hot to Trot was it just seemed like no one was caring. Yeah, um, no one cares in Mark and me though. It's pro- that's, there's probably a lot of similarities as well. Yeah. You know, it is a McDonald's cash in. It's yeah. ET but with McDonald's. It's not. You know, like, you're not going to give your best directorial abilities, are you? It seems to me like Macamy has more stuff thrown at the wall than Hot to Trot does. Yes, so. well, but it doesn't have a talking horse. I don't know. It doesn't have <laughs> Gilbert, you know. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried. And, like, Gilbert Gottfried, who's in the trailer for Hot to Trot, but he's only in the last 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah. Where's screenplay? Willow. Screenplay by Bob Dolman. Story by George Lucas, our boy. Our boy. His um, first nomination for Lucas that's come up for us, isn't it? Yeah, it must be, unless he was nominated. Like, he's not everything... I mean, Howard the Duck will be coming up oh, eventually. Oh, true, yeah. But, but right now... Anyway, I, I, from what I remember, Willow is probably not the worst screenplay, so I'm going to say no. Rambo 3, no. written by Sylvester Stallone. Really? You're defending the screenplay? I mean, is it... Uh, yes, I am. Yes, oh, I am, okay. actually. It's dedicated to the brave Mahadi fighters of Afghanistan, you know, those freedom fighters that will never do anything bad. Um, no, like, Rambo 3 is it's one of my... I I enjoy Rambo 3 more than Rambo Part 2 because it is turned up higher, it is more insane, it's stupider, and I can turn my brain off. And it's my... Um, I know you're going to hate me for it, but it's more closer to, like, Commando for me. I've just... <laughs> That's just... It, I don't know. It it's just says, oh, it's like It's like... It's the Tywin Lannister of, like, the lion does not concern himself with the opinions of the lambs. It just says everything that, like, you're constantly being like, oh, Rambo's like a poor man's commando, but, like, I would never no. dream of saying, like, oh, it's like Arnie I didn't trying say to it was a poor man. I, didn't, I didn't say it was a poor man's... Which no. just, it says it all. Arnie's a Stallone, standard Stallone to which stopped. all other... So, Meatheads aspire to. Stallone isn't doing twins. Stallone isn't doing junior. Because he couldn't. He doesn't <laughs> have the chops. <laughs> Moving on. Mac and Me, written by Stuart Raffle and Steve. Yes. Fikey? Fiki? Fik? Fik, um, I'm going to go with. Yeah, I, uh, 100%. You do not put in any effort into your E.T. ripoff. McDonald's produced film. Hot to Trot. Screenplay by Stephen Nayher is a pun. Is this a pseudonym? Is this like the Alan Smithy of horse-related films? Nayher. It's not a pseudonym. It was written by a horse. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. We need to write that film. Delete this. And Hugo Gilbert and Charlie Peters, three writers. Story by Nayher and Gilbert. That seems like a Gilbert and Sullivan joke from BoJack Horseman. And then the winner, of course, Cocktail. Screenplay by Haywood Gold, based on his book. Of all the nominations and wins, this one's probably the most deserved because it is appallingly structured. It is. Like, there's no real through line. And like like we said, once he goes to Kokomo, it just falls, falls off apart. a cliff. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the performances and energy and yeah. soundtrack and everything and else. The charisma. And the charisma and the, Between the, the chemistry. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. It, I, I feel like this was re- done though with tom cruise i stand by that so mm, yeah. maybe he doesn't deserve as much flack you know getting his book and his screenplays um oh, well we have Haywood gold here we can maybe see oh there's not a picture of him oh he wrote the screenplay for boys from brazil wow mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah but by i can understand it better at least the nomination i don't think it's worse than mac and me screenplay probably not but um yeah it's it's pretty bad Worst new star. So this is a category that we like to harp on because frequently it's like the Raz, Mr. Razzy, like kicking a child yeah. in the face. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hey, if anyone's going to take a kick in the face, Van Damme will probably <laughs> weather it better than a child. But 
JCVD and Bloodsport. Um, and I love Bloodsport. Have you seen Bloodsport? No. Okay, well, Bloodsport's probably my favourite Van Damme film. It's really? all downhill from here, really, until JCVD. Uh, <laughs> the book ends. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I, I love Bloodsport. I can understand why you'd be dunking on him, yeah. because, but it's also racist to me, because, you know, he's, you can barely speak English. <laughs> Is it going to be like Hercules in New York? Yeah. Like, ha ha ha, look at this foreigner who's I, like i still don't think he's that bad in it either like um for, I, for a van damme performance like blood sports a lot of passion in it and stuff so no that's done that no no not me and it's one of those things where like he's not really hired for his acting ability he's hired for you watch his a mar- physical yeah you watch a, you watch a martial arts film and you go oh no the acting's oh no he's the worst new star that's that's bullshit in my opinion yeah like i don't watch blood sport for an oscar worthy performance from a belgian muscle head like like with truly bad performances it's almost like oh anyone could do a better job than this Mm -hmm. whereas i would defy you to find someone who could do van damme better than like unless you're doing like a like um unless you're doing like total recall or something where like van damme's a scientist and it's like okay but if he's like an action man then it's like well, yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait isn't going to be no. better as the lead in Bloodsport. No, Tom Cruise can't do this. Tom Cruise can't do Bloodsport. I beg. Um, Robbie Rosa in Salsa as Rico. I'm guessing this is a child. Looking at how old he is now, he's a Puerto Rican singer. Yeah, I reckon he was probably maybe a teen when he did. But yeah, like, um, could be wrong. I don't even know what Salsa is, but yeah. I can understand that. Tammy Erin in The New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking as Pippi Longstocking. That's so yeah, a she's a child. Dawn, the talking horse <laughs> in Hot to Trot. Okay, leave the horse out of there. <laughs> the horse didn't talk in the film either. Yeah, no. Um, the horse, like, the horse did a perfectly good job. The director just couldn't work with him. Ronald McDonald as himself in Mac and Me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this, this is just for the... The meme, the joke of lol, it's Ronald McDonald that's getting nominated. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They didn't dunk on the kid on from Mac and Me though, so that's surprising. So is yeah. the kid me? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Okay, I just want to check. I don't know anything about Mac oh, and Me. Oh, get well, get Mac and Me on the go. I got Mac and Me confused with Mark and Mindy for a long what? time. So I saw this and I was like, oh yeah, Mac and Me, the Robin Williams. Uh, the spin off from Bobby Days. Vehicle. Um, Have you seen Mark and Mindy? No. Okay, well. That's why. Um, Have you seen Happy Days? No. Nope. Oh, all comes back. Okay, so our, our final character here, it's the return of our favourite. I love it. Um, worst original song, Therapist from A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, written and performed by Vigil. And so... This is the best one. This is the best. We listened to all three of the yeah. nominations. And by far, by far, this is the best one. Um, it's a song. Yeah, it's it's really sort of creepy and ethereal. Everything you'd want from Nightmare on Elm Street. But cheesy, just like you'd want from Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Yeah, like the chorus, I wasn't wild about because it gets a little bit. But like, I I, I was actually even it enjoying yeah, that song. Yeah, it fits. And I, I wouldn't listen to it again. But no, it's very fitting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's a nomination, to be honest. Skin Tight from Johnny B. Good, written and performed by Ted Nugent. Yeah. Um, no, that was, I mean, this is the blandest, most mediocre, just hair rock metal. Yeah, it um, seemed like Bargain Bucket, like You Could Be Mine, or like Guns N' Roses, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's an unremarkable, like, hair rock. Um, nothing compared so. to the winner, though. Which, yeah, Jack Fresh from Caddyshack 2, written and performed by Full Force. Which is a fucking abomination. <laughs> it's almost unlistenable. It really was. Like, <laughs> 
Um, you went from don't skip it I want to hear it just ah, I'm a minute in it wasn't I want to hear it it was just like I need to get a full flavour because you're skipping around I'm like this is just chaos and I don't want to know if you're chopping this up or if this song is I really only just disjointed it. I only jumped twice um, it is disjointed um, yeah it is awful and I can't even remember it in Caddyshack too so uh, <laughs> I blocked it from my brain okay so that concludes this episode and we are making our way through Razzie history. They are. Um, and it's much, it's been a much more fun episode today compared to Hunter. Yeah, um, rejuvenating. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Mpothner. <laughs> so a lot of fun, yeah. Um, so what do we have up next? Next week, we're going to be bringing ourselves back down to earth with the 2015 Razzies and our first double bill. Our first in, time in the tens as well. Yeah, joint winners, Fantastic Four and Fifty Shades of Grey. Dreading it? Um... I, I want to get it over and done with <laughs> just because it's like like five hours, four hours of not great films to watch. But I've I've seen both of them before and I don't like if they were on their own, there are certainly winners I hate more. Yeah. Like Transformers. Nothing's gonna come close to how much I hate Transformers. It'll be so hard to beat. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I think it's gonna be a very tiring viewing session. But who knows? Maybe it'll be like the like the best complimentary double bill. Maybe they'll balance each other yeah. out. <laughs> um, I've seen I've seen Fantastic Four before. I've never yeah. seen Fifty Shades of Grey, so something's going to be new to me at least. But I did yeah. say this about Transformers, and I instantly yeah. regret it. But it's good. To, this is the double bill I've been probably dreading the most. So I'm happy to get it out of the way, which is just great enthusiasm, isn't it? <laughs> get it done with. <laughs> our punishment for enjoying cocktail i think yeah exactly <laughs> so thank you for listening to this episode if you want to get in touch with us if you want to pitch your takes for the cocktail sequel then you can email us at watchingworstfilms at gmail.com you can get us at watching worst on twitter if you enjoyed the show even if you didn't please leave us uh, reviews on itunes and any other podcasting platform that you may use as it will help get the word out there. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Aruba, <laughs> <Jamaica>. <laughs>